understand the next time you play your family. And to me, there's nothing more important. Not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 34 of Meet Us at Molly's. Tonight, we're going to go ahead and cover Chicago Med season three, episode seven, called Over Troubled Waters. That was the title of the episode, right? Something like that. It was something like that. It was like the song. Just think of the song, Bridge Over Troubled Waters, whatever. Anyway, (laughs) as always, I'm one of your hosts. My name is Gina. I'm joined by Bryna. Hello, everybody. Ashley unfortunately couldn't make it this week. Guys, we're having one of those weeks where real life just kicks the crap out of you. We're having like one of those months, not even weeks. We really are. Yeah, we really are. Just it, like it's crazy. We're busy. I had stuff going on last week. Brian has got stuff going on. Ashley's sick. We're just Ashley got all the snow and ice over there in like Louisiana. She and took we got it nothing. from me. She, she took, took it from me. Too. It's not okay. She took it from me. The too. South we took it from me. Okay, I'm more north. I live in D.C. And my parents live in, or my family lives in Virginia, North Carolina border. They got in eight inches and we got a dusting. Tell me how the fuck that works. They got eight inches? They got eight inches on the Virginia, North Carolina border. Meanwhile, me here in D.C. got a dusting. But wait, like how long does it take to get from like one end of Virginia to the other? Five hours. And it was that big of a difference? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. I actually technically live in Virginia. So, like, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous how out of the three of us, the one who lives in Louisiana got all the snow and ice. For real. How is that fair? For real. Ashley, if you're listening, which we know you are, we're jealous. We're jealous and we're still mad at you. It was yeah. 13 degrees here the other morning, but whatever. Yeah. I'm not mad. No, I'm totally mad. Just kidding. We miss you, Ashley. Get better. Yeah, get better. Please get a voice back. Come back. Guys, we're having a really rough week. We're so sorry to be all (laughs) over the place. But yeah, as we said, we're going to cover Chicago Med Season 3, Episode 7. Now, usually we start off with the news. It was a pretty light news week, actually. Um, We like no news. We really have no news. No, um... Since there, you know, we record two episodes on one night, as you guys know, and so we're going to kind of keep the the show specific news with that proper show's episode. So we only had PD news and we'll cover that in the PD episode. So, uh, yeah, I mean, which means that we can jump right into the episode itself, which, uh, yeah, I what did you think of this episode? It, there was a lot happening. There's a lot happening. I, it got me in my feels. Like, yeah, this was the Goodwin stuff, which I mean, we're going to talk about, obviously. I was like, I didn't cry, but I was close to crying. Like, it was emotional. Yeah, yeah. I felt for her, like, big time. Yeah, I just, yeah. Not so much for Bert, but we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. But yes, there's, as always, Med always has everything happening all the time. Should we start with the Goodwin stuff? No, let's leave it for, let's start with the, what we have first. Okay. All right. So as always, we break this down by storyline, not really chronologically, but it all works out in the end. This was a jam-packed episode, guys, from like the first scene to the last scene. It was just a vet bowl movement, crazy stuff. So yeah. So we're going to start off with um, Manstead slash Sex Toy. We grouped them together <laughs> this episode just because they were so, they were, their storylines were kind of intertwined. Really, the Manstead stuff was like two scenes. Right. And then I think it was Ashley who pointed out in our group text, like, as the episode was airing, she was like, yeah, because I hadn't watched yet. 
Um, and she had made a comment about how, like, obviously Manset always starts and ends the episodes and, like, that's it. Um, but I like that we get it, though. Yeah, I like that we get it each week and that they're not shoving it down our throats. Right, like, I'd rather see them at the beginning and end of every episode if that's all we're going to get is them as a couple rather than force them just for us to get scenes of them, like, force them to work together. Because that's not going to happen every week. Like, there's just right. no way that ever happens. So, like, yeah, I'd rather I see them that. in real life, like, in the beginning and end of each episode rather than, like, see them forced to work together. Very true. And if it's just the beginning and end of each episode, if it's only two scenes they're getting together, they're usually sweet moments. Because you're not going to see them have a knockdown, drag out fight in two scenes. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, I like the Manstead we've been getting. I mean, granted, you know, we haven't had an episode where they worked together in, like, a minute. So, I'm not complaining. But They worked like together last getting. week, didn't they? Did they? I think they did. Shit. Why can't I remember that? Or was it the week before that? I don't know. It's been semi-recently. Semi-recently. So, the episode starts off, and it's a Manstead sleepover. <laughs> like, it's so great. Manstead it's like, sleepover. It's like the writers pay attention to Twitter because I feel like this is something only like fans would have come up with. Yeah. Right. This is like fans dreams. Right. No, exactly. For sure. But you can't call them skinstead when they're hooking up. Cause obviously that was like reserved for Lindsay and Halstead. No, it is. No, 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 no. I, we need to come up with something else. Not skinstead. Okay. But the alternative to that is manskin, And that's weird. I don't know what we'll call it, but if anyone's got any suggestions, Skinstead too. <laughs> if anyone's got any suggestions for that, hit us up. Hit us up because obviously our suggestions are terrible. So <laughs> the alarm clock goes off and Will wakes up. And but wait a second, it's not morning. The fuck? So yeah, they wake up and Will's like, "Is Owen asleep?" And cut over to the baby monitor and yeah, Owen's asleep. And Will just says, see you in the morning, and then leaves. So are you telling me right now that Will is not allowed to spend the night? Yep. Okay, but where is he even living these days? Yeah. Jeff, where is Will living these days? And don't say with Jay, because that apartment is, like, the size of my finger. (laughs) (laughs) That is one sad bachelor pad. (laughs) But the thing that got me, too, was that they cut over to the baby monitor. He's still in this crib, right? So Owen was born, like, middle of season one, right? Yes. So we're middle of season three, meaning Owen's, like, two, two and a half max. Something like that. So if Nat's afraid of Will meeting Owen, I mean, kids don't even form permanent memories until, like, three or four, if I remember correctly. Something like that. So I'm, like... Maybe it's just because when Will moves around, he, like, wakes him up or something? Yeah, I don't know what I, yeah. I don't know. sauce if Nat's like, you can't spend the night. I just, yeah, I don't understand. I'm like, to have that happen before he actually meets him? Like, this seems backwards. No, well, that doesn't seem so backwards to me that he hasn't met Owen yet. It just seems odd to me that, Nat won't let him spend the night. But usually you would meet, you would think before he started spending the night that like a meeting would come first. That's true. I can see that. I don't know. So unless, 
Unless Helen watches Owen and comes to pick her up or pick him up in the morning and Nat just doesn't want her to see Nat with Will. Yeah. Theories. I don't know. So theories many theories. Fun. I know. Just, yeah. I, yeah, I just, that's odd. Like, poor Will. Just, bleh. We'll get there. Anyway, there's more to talk about there. So the next morning, they're on shift and a young woman comes in and she has just given birth. Only... It's a little more shocking than you would think. So she's young. She's like 21, 22. She's on the gurney and the baby's between her legs. So I that mean, was she's... a gross image. Yeah, it was. But it wasn't as gross as some of the other stuff we've seen this, no. week, or this, this season. No, hey, but it was look, gross. Mom, my intestine. <laughs> 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 yeah, there's been some gross things. There have been some gross things, yeah. So she's on the gurney, the baby's between her legs. And it, I mean, it's pretty clear she's got a drug problem. You can tell. Didn't Barry say that he, like, found her in a park or something? Something like that. Yeah, it was something crazy. But she keeps screaming to get the baby away from her, and she calls it a monster. And it, it's just clear she's, you know, she's definitely on something. And so I think Choi or Dr. Charles, one of them tries to say, like, hey, you just had a baby. And so when she's like baby Choi tells april to call dcfs because there's no way she's taking this baby home so nat and Choi they check with dr charles and between natalie and dr Choi they are so judgy so judgy yep like i expect it from nat but not Choi. right right like because nat is always judgy correct she's never not judgy but Choi usually isn't so that was unexpected that wasn't expected. And Nat's usually, even though she can be kind of judgy, like, she always goes into that, like, protective mode with cases with kids or babies, you know? Yeah. Like, she always gets really fired up about it. But even then, I mean. But there's a difference between being protective and being judgy. Right. And she tries to do one and fails at it. True. And comes yeah, off as true. the other. Yeah. And so Dr. Charles is like, you know, the mom's doing great. She's got some methadone in her now. Like, it's a lot better. And both of them are like, whatever. Nat's like, Nat's like, oh, great. Well, now the baby's going to be addicted. And so when Dr. Charles tries to find a silver lining about it, he's like, maybe we'll be okay. And Dr. Troy just goes, maybe. Like. So much sarcasm. All of the sarcasm. All of the judging. Like, it's bad. And so Dr. Charles tries to talk to the girl, and I think her name's Leanne, but she tries to talk to her, he tries to talk to her, and she doesn't want his help. I mean, she's 21, she's 22, she's, like, super stubborn, you know, there's no way she wants to talk. And so Dr. Charles is trying, and he's being so gentle with her, and just, you know, I love the way Dr. Charles talks things out. Like, he's very calm in the way he speaks, and, you know, he's very, like, he doesn't talk down to anybody, he just explains it as it is. Like, I love the way he addresses people. Except Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that. <laughs> the elephant in the room. For real. And literally, though, like, how is it he can address everybody and, like, handle everybody, like, so wonderfully, yet the one who works under his supervision, he's, like, a total mess with? Yeah. I mean, we'll get there. We'll talk about it. But, yeah. It's a good point. Good point, Brenna. <laughs> and so Dr. Charles is trying to reason with her. And even though she's a drug addict, he's not talking down to her. He's not, like, making her feel stupid. He's really respectful. I've always admired the way he speaks to people. He's very respectful. But she's not biting. And so Choi pulls him out of the room and basically tells him it's a lost cause. He's like, she doesn't want help. Like, it's a waste. Why don't we just give up? 
And so Dr. Charles is like, we have an obligation to find her a treatment program before she leaves the hospital. And he's just kind of explains to Ethan, he's like, well, somebody puts up a wall like that. They're usually trying to protect something that's often worth chipping away at. That's beautiful, Dr. Charles. Yeah. And also, I would assume Dr. Charles is higher ranking than Choi. So, like, is it really in Choi's place to tell Dr. Charles what to do? But, I mean, I guess it's technically Choi's patient, so... Yeah, and it's, like, two different disciplines. Like, yeah. Ethan's a resident, and Choi's psychiatry, and... Other way around. You definitely e- just said Choi twice. <laughs> you said okay. Ethan is a resident, and Choi is psychiatry. <laughs> <laughs> They're two different people! No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Ethan is a resident. Dr. Charles is psychiatry. Did yes. I get it right that time? Yeah, you did. Yay! <laughs> Ethan and Troy are two different characters now. Ugh, sorry. So, later on, Ethan asks April about dinner, and April declines because Noah has a rec hockey league game. Okay, why are we just now finding out that Noah plays recreational hockey? For real! Like, what? Why? Why haven't we had a scene of this yet? We would have come to his games. Like, just hit us up. We would have gone. We would have been there in the front row. I don't know anything about hockey, but I'd be there. Which, that was going to be my next question. I was like, well, you speak you speak sports. Like, what position do you think he'd play? But I don't speak hockey either. I don't speak so, hockey. I know Capitals. That's the DC team. I know Dallas players. Stars. That is ours. Yeah. I know the play. I know players. I've, like, watched some hockey, but yeah. We'd still go to support. Doesn't matter. We would still go support. Yeah, we would. We would. But I, yeah. If you speak hockey, let us know what position you think Noah would play. And why? Because we don't speak hockey. We yeah. can learn, but we just don't. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So she's like, no, Noah has a recreational hockey game. And April's like, you know, I know this isn't important to you, but it is to me. And Dr. Choi is like, what, adult recreational sports leagues? And April's like, no, family. And so April's just like, I don't know anything about your family. Like, you never talk about it. And he just says, well, there's nothing to talk about. Which is one Chicago speak for there is a ton of stuff to talk about. Yep. And we're probably going to learn about it. We probably are. We probably are. I feel like anytime somebody says like there's nothing here or there's nothing to this or like I'm fine. Anything that's like, I don't know. I always feel like they're like anything, any sort of affirmative statement any character makes is usually like one Chicago speak for the exact opposite. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. Just... We need to start making, like, the One Chicago Dictionary or, like, the One Chicago, like, translator. Oh, my God. Yes. Right? <laughs> I'm fine. Translation. I'm so not fine. Yeah. No, and somebody had mentioned in an email, I mean, kind of going off of One Chicago things we should make. Someone was saying in an email to us that just in terms of facts, so we could keep, like, bios straight in terms of, like, how old people are and stuff, we need to make, like, a cross-reference list. Like a Chicago wiki? Not necessarily a wiki, but just, like, for our own things, like, we always talk about, like, well, how old is so-and-so, and, and like, says one thing here, but we think it's one thing, like, just so we can, like, keep track of ourselves. (laughs) Like, quick facts. We're going to end up having, like, one of those big things you see in, like, the spy movies on the wall with, like, the index cards and, like, the thumbtacks and the string, like, connecting each point, and it's just going to be, like, a big giant thing. Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) There's a meme Uh, about that going around in the NBA world, but yes. But it's, that's another sport I don't speak. A, yeah. It's like my that's own, funny. just like amusement. But yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. 
<laughs> so the baby is absolutely pissed. This baby is like crying, wailing, cannot be consoled. And so Nat, our little like medicine healer, medicine woman, like whatever, she literally just picks up the baby and is like, he's addicted. Like, <laughs> Where did she go to med school? Like, what is her <laughs> background? Like, how can you? Like, did, have they run any tests on the baby at this point? I'm sure they have. I mean, they had just checked his temperature at the beginning of this scene. But that's checking the temperature. I don't know. Maybe she, like, felt some vibes or something. <laughs> what is she, like, a metahuman now or something? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What's the... What's the, Never mind. You don't watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I was about to make a reference. I have, but I haven't in a while. Just... So funny. Not hating. I mean, it's just Natalie has that, like, sense, you know? And, I mean, she's seen enough of this shit that she knows this yeah. baby's addicted. But still, it's just funny how she was like, allow me to pick up the baby. I think he's addicted. <laughs> Guys, you can't see this right now, but Gina just used her wine as, like, <laughs> illustration. This is great. I did. I just picked up my wine glass. It was, yeah, just... One day we're gonna have to like be drunk. One day we're gonna have to like figure out how to like record this as like video because this is too good. (laughs) It's so great. It's so great. It's too good not to share. Oh my god. So um Natalie suggests having the mother hold the baby to help. This is like skin to skin contact. You hear about it all the time. And Ethan and Dr. Charles shoot it down. Because they're cold hearted men. They don't know these things. But I'm just kidding. They basically shoot it down because, you know, they think it's not good for the mother, which in turn will not be good for the baby because, you know, um, and the mom doesn't want to hold the baby. And so Dr. Charles, you know, he goes to Leanne, the mother, and he proposes holding the baby, but she shoots it down. But her reasons for shooting it down are actually kind of heartbreaking. Like, it's not because she's like, screw that baby. That baby's a monster, whatever. It's just that she's like, she's scared. You know, yeah. she flat out tells him at one point, she's like, I don't know how to hold a baby. Right. And so Dr. Charles is like, no, that's okay. We can show you how to do that. That's not a problem. But then she's like, well, you know, it's my fault that he's like this and the baby is sick because of me. So more of me won't do any good. And like, I don't know. I felt for her this episode. Like, Dr. Charles and Dr. Manning were like really cold towards her. But like, I felt for her. You mean Choi. Shit. I did it again. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, Dr. Charles and Choi can never work together again because Gina can't keep it straight. Only for that reason, because I can't keep it straight. Other people can. I cannot. And for that reason, they can never work together (laughs) again. Again. (laughs) It's so bad. I did it again. Okay. Dr. Choi and Dr. Manning are really cold-hearted towards her. But, like, I felt really bad for her because, like, she's young and young people make mistakes. And, like, she felt bad, you know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Dr. Charles was actually nice about it. So, yes. Never. So later on in the episode, the baby has a seizure. Nat and April get him back. It's kind of all due to the withdrawals. And so, you know, they're they're trying all these alternative methods of, you know, treating the baby, but it's not working. And so finally, Dr. Charles goes back to Leanne and she very reluctantly agrees because she's like, okay, if this is the only way he's going to survive, like, okay. And so she's like, she's crying and she's just super upset. And so The moment she holds him is actually so sweet because she's just kind of like she kind of bonds with them. Like you can tell she's just like, oh, my God, this is my baby. And, you know, it's really sweet. And she's enjoying holding him. But then they take the baby away to give it to a foster family. And she gets so upset. Like, yeah, it was just. It's heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. Like, again, I felt for the patient in this episode. I really feel for the patients. But like, 
Yeah. It makes me sound really cold hearted, but like I, I don't usually get attached to the patients. They're, right. Well, because they're not, they're not part, they're not the reason we're watching. Right. So yeah, no, it makes sense. So, and then she's just a young girl, you know, it just was really sad. And so they take the baby away and everybody just kind of exchanges looks like, yeah, Natalie looks at somebody, somebody else looks at somebody else. Dr. Choi looks at April, like, yeah. And so at the end of the episode, Ethan shows April a picture and it turns out that he has a sister. What? What? Which I mean, we knew was coming, but. You know, actually, you know, I had a moment here because when he showed her the picture, I was kind of like, man, like, I kind of wish we didn't know that she was coming. Yeah, because it would have been much more of a like, oh, shit. Yeah, it would have been more of an impactful moment. I mean, the only downside of doing these podcasts. Is that where we know every single detail? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Like, I but... think about it, too. Like, whoever becomes pregnant on fire, like, I kind of hate that we know that. That somebody's going to become pregnant? Yeah. I had a theory about that, by the way. I meant to text you today, and I it, it got away from me. I'll have to text you about that later. Yeah. But anyway, but, like, same kind of thing. Like, I kind of hate that we know that. Yeah. Only, yeah. Just I'm, because I'm I have a feeling that's going to be, like, a big, like, oh, shit. Yeah. And, like, same like this. Like, this is, like, oh. Like, damn. I didn't see that coming. It's, like, a double-edged sword, though, because, like, I like knowing what's coming, but then it makes the moment that it comes less impactful. But it's a double-edged sword, because, like, I don't usually like to be blindsided. Like, I don't know. Like, when Mills left, for instance, I – those are the kind of instances where I like to know before it happens just so I can, like, emotionally prepare. And since we didn't know, I didn't like that. I was like, I I don't like this. I Like, I would have really liked some warning. Yeah, I guess I, like, I don't care if I get spoiled when I do watch um, things, like, if it's an older show that's already off air for the first time, just because, like, I, like, I care more about seeing it develop rather than, like, being spoiled. But at the same time, like, I don't know. I don't like being spoiled either. I don't know. Yeah, it is kind of like a double-edged thing. Right, yeah. And we're not bitching about it. Like, trust me, we're not. We love being up on all the details. It's just, you know, we're just kind of discussing the pros and cons. Well, it's like, Um, yeah, I mean, like, you know. I mean, I've always been around on Twitter. I mean, since Twitter's been around since 2009. So, like, I don't know how to watch TV basically without Twitter. But, like, I can only imagine what it's like for someone who literally just turns on the TV every week at 10 p.m. and doesn't get online and doesn't read things. Like, I'd love to talk to someone about it. You can talk to me because back in my day, we didn't have Twitter. <laughs> no, what I'm saying, like, for this, like, specifically for this, like, if someone knows anyone who just turns on the TV every week at, like, 10 p.m. for any of the shows and just watches them, let us know. Because, like, I'd actually be really curious to see what they think about the show and, like, their opinions on different things. That's true. That'd be a fun episode. That would be fun. So tell us what your life is like without social media. Well, even just, like, what do you think about, like, is it, like, Bretonio? Like, this is way off topic for Ben. And I'm sorry if anyone who doesn't watch, but, like, Bretonio. Like, because that's such a social media push. But, like, what do people think about Bertonio that don't get the social media push? Right. Like, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I have a lot of questions. If anyone knows anyone, let us know. (laughs) So, Ethan has a sister. And we find out in this one scene. Okay, she's younger. She's adopted. And her name is Emily. So we have already gotten more background on her in two seconds than we have about Ruzik's sister and nephew in the entire first half of PD season. 
Totally that out. So we basically know everything about this sibling that we're supposed to know. Whereas, like, when Will was introduced, when, uh, who else? Uh, other siblings. Well, we learned about Antonio pretty Noah. quickly, right? Noah. Yeah, like, all of this just, like, important background we never really got. So, yeah, so her name's Emily. She's younger. She's adopted. She had a bit of a drug problem. And so... So Dr. Troy hasn't spoken to her in four years because, you know, she had a drug problem. He just kind of cut her out of his cut her out of his life. And so you can tell that it really bothers him, too, because while he's talking to April about it and Brenna, I know you don't watch Supernatural. I so terribly wish you did. But Dr. Troy is like the Dean Winchester, like single man tier. <laughs> I know about it. I don't I'm not watched, but I know about the single man tier. So for those of you who are not familiar with Supernatural, A, I need you to get familiar with Supernatural because it's amazing. Um, B, Jensen Ackles, who plays Dean Winchester, of course, he does this thing. It's like this natural gift of his. Like when he has to cry, he does like the single tear. Like when his character is just like super upset and just crying, like one tear just pops out of one eye and like streams down his <laughs> cheek. It's like a gift. Like, yeah, every time Dean Winchester cries, I'm like, do the tear, do the tear. But irrelevant oh supernatural so good anyway so yeah, but you can tell it really bothers dr Troy because like the one tear jumps out of his eye and these are the things that i was amused about i was like he's upset but it's the dean winchester tear okay guys so i don't have an entire change of heart with sex toy but april comforting toy in this moment is the only time this season that i felt them actually be genuine like, I actually really enjoyed this scene. Yeah. Still don't yeah, have a change a of heart on them necessarily, but, like, I actually enjoyed this scene. It was a good moment, because I don't think we've ever seen Troy open up to April. No, it just, it felt so genuine and just so natural and so real. Yeah. 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 No, it was, a, it was definitely a good moment for them. Yeah. So, I'm not changing my heart necessarily on sex toy, but... I'm coming around. Maybe. I would say I'm not all aboard their ship, but... You like them more than I do. I do. You are in the water, and I'm on, like, a lifeboat attached to the ship. Yeah, exactly. That's a great... Yes. <laughs> That's a great analogy. But I've thrown you a life preserver, because, like, obviously, I got your back. Forever and ever. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Which means, I guess Ashley is in the lifeboat with me, or is she in the water with you? Maybe she's on the life preserver. So, like, she's not in the boat, but she's not in the water. Okay. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Metaphors. So, we end the episode with more Manstead snuggles. Yay! Manstead snuggles, man snuggles, whatever sort of funny word that you can come up with. Ooh, but hashtag man snuggles. Oh, I like that. Hashtag man snuggles. Yeah, that's it. That's instead of skinstead, it's man snuggles. Yes. There we go. There we go. That just happened. What's the line <laughs> in Crazy Ex Girlfriend? I just came up with that, like just now. <laughs> <laughs> Another great show. Anyway, so the alarm goes off and Will can stay. Holy shit. That's so crazy. And so 
he basically turns to Nat and is like, this is so much better than scraping ice off my windshield. And, like, that's that. But, like, can we talk for a second about, like, can you imagine if you were, like, super cozy and warm in bed at, like, 11 at night and then you had to go de-ice your car? Yeah. Like, that is miserable. Yeah. It's the worst. That's got to be the worst, which means, like, Will must really love her if he's willing to do that. Because I... I have a hard time getting out of bed at 6 in the morning, never mind, like, 11 at night when I'm, like, just starting to fall asleep. Seriously. Okay, wait. Are, is that what we're saying it is? Like, are we sure it's 11 o'clock at night and not, like, the 5 a.m.? Well, no, because... I don't think so, because when the when the episode started, he was like, I'll see you in the morning. I guess. Interesting. I always so just like, assumed it could have been, like, literally the middle of the night. Not necessarily, like... 10 p.m. Oh, God. I wouldn't want to trek back to my apartment at, like, 3 a.m. I wouldn't feel safe in that shit. Right. But also, like, they probably don't get off till, like, 10 p.m. They're doctors. Hmm. Yeah. This is one of those moments where Ashley would be like, stop it. Move on. You're doing it again. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. I want to theorize. But I... Because doctors yeah, work like 12-hour shifts. That's true. I don't know. Confused. So many things. So many things. So that's the Manstead sex toy storyline. Um, yeah, putting that one together. Just kind of – we grouped them together because, again, they're, they're, they were pretty intertwined with that patient and just, you know, the quick moments between them. So – but yeah, that's the Manstead and sex toy storyline. Bryna, will you, will you take us through Goodwin and Bert and Lila? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, Will's patient for this episode, um, Will meets up with a Miss Dempsey and, of course, good old Bert Goodwin. Dude, we meet him for, like, literally, like, that. that's the first time we've ever met Bert Goodwin. And in that one moment, I'm like, I am judging you so hard. I hate you already. Like, walk away. Yep. Yep. Not cool. Same. We know so much about you, and I already hate you. Yep. But anyway, so Miss Dempsey has super nuclear palsy. I hope I said that right. It's because yeah, when I heard that, I was like, super nuclear. Like that sounds kind of like superhero-y. Yes. Um, it's actually supra nuclear, like S U P R A. Supra. Okay. Supra. Yeah. Oh, I see. You did. You did your research. Anyway, of course I so, did my research. Have you met me? <laughs> Will listens to her lungs and suspects that something went wrong down the pipe and caused pneumonia. Um, And then Mr. Goodwin talks to Will outside the exam room and tells him, although she has this degenerative disease, like he wants to take her home. So Gina went to Google and it turns out progressive supranuclear palsy, also called Steele Richardson Olszewski, yeah, Olszewski syndrome, is an uncommon brain disorder that causes serious problems with walking balance and eye movements. The disorder results from deterioration of cells in areas of your brain that control body movement and thinking. But what does that have to do with your lungs? I don't know. I can re-Google. I don't know. I wonder if just like the fact that maybe pneumonia takes so much out of you like doesn't help like pneumonia is like a serious like sickness um i don't know 
You keep Googling if you find anything. I'm going to keep going and you keep Googling and if you find anything, great. If not, I think that's a good idea because I don't think people want to listen to silence. If not, if we still don't find anything, Jeff, let us know. We have questions. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so then I guess the moment we're kind of all been waiting for, but not really, but kind of been waiting for, Goodwin and Bert have this awkward run-in in the hallway. Oh, it's so bad. Like, I felt so bad for Goodwin. She totally runs into him and is like, oh, God, Hi. And it's totally awkward small talk, which is the worst. It the really worst. is the worst. Yeah, like the worst. But she handles it so well. She's so like civil and kind of icy towards him. She's like, hello, Bert. How are you doing? Okay. Bye-bye. Like she handles it well. Like you're the real MVP. Good one. Good job. Um, but anyway, so the infection has spread to her bloodstream and the antibody, but the antibiotics may not work because since her immune system is so shot, um, and Will says that he may have to intubate, but um, Miss Dempsey doesn't want it. And she literally says, she's like, if, if I don't, or, or no, if Will says, like, if I don't intubate, you, like, you die. Um, and so Layla, Miss Dempsey, asked, she asked to see Goodwin, which I was kind of surprised about. But she asked to see Goodwin, and she says, you know, um, she signed this DNR, and she asked Goodwin to look after Bert. Okay, I have issues with this. Yeah. I have issues with this. Like, Goodwin walks in and Layla's like, I know he didn't do right by you. But, so the whole gist of this is like, he left you for me, but now that I'm dying, I'm going to like shove him back on you. Can you just like handle this? Um, I don't want to say bitch no, but like bitch no, that's not how this works. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm sure that... I'm sure she's nice and I'm sure, you know, it's all civil and whatever because they're all grown adults here. But like, come on. I don't know. Yeah. That's messed up. It's to it's, be like. Yeah. yeah. Especially like it'd be different if they were like semi friends, like since they haven't been together. And maybe they are semi friends, but not really. But like, yeah, no. Exes cannot be friends, in my experience. If they can, that is wonderful, good for you. Please tell me your secrets. But exes cannot be friends, in my experience. Yeah. Just. Friendly. Not necessarily friend. Friendly. Let's put it that way. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I just, that is just, and it's kind of cold hearted. Like. Yeah. Yeah. He dissed you for me, but now that I'm going away, like, you can have him again. Yeah. And, of course, Bert is not having this DNR business. And so um, he's like, he literally says to Will, he's like, how can you not do anything about this? (laughs) Have a seat, Bert. It is story time. Let us tell you the story of the cancer patient in season one. (laughs) Because literally, like, if Will's malpractice insurance goes up any higher, he's going to have to move in with Nat. And Nat's going to hate it. But he can't move in with Jay because that place is a closet. (laughs) Jay's literally like Harry Potter at this point. Like, he's probably in a broom cupboard underneath someone's stairwell. Like, (laughs) that place is so small. (laughs) So, yeah. Will knows the deal this time. Like, don't go against that shit. He learned his lesson. He learned his lesson. And thank God. Um, Thank God. Yeah. And so Goodwin talks some sense into him. uh, Or tries to. And Layla says to Will, she's like, you have a very expressive face. Easy to read. 
Um, and so she tells Will about how Bert stops by her and, you know, to take extreme measures to keep her alive. Um, but yeah, so she and Will have this like little deep conversation. You know what's interesting here? Okay, so you know how she, like, she points out to him in this instance, she's like, you know, Bert stuck by me. I don't want to leave him like this. You know, take extreme measures to keep him alive. You know how on the show, how the doctors learn from the patients? Yes. So are they trying to say that Will was thinking of leaving Natalie for not letting him sleep over? I don't know if we're going that far, but I think maybe it was supposed to be like, you have to be okay with, whatever i don't know because i found I, I don't know i drew that parallel and i was like wait a minute Probably is this like the time can... is this like the time that Bowden told the peacock story and like <laughs> casey said don't be a crow and i was like was that his way of saying don't join squad yeah i think it, we're just gonna compare it to that okay carry on um but anyway so then lila goes in the svt and Will wants to shock her back into rhythm and intubate, but Bert finally realizes that she's only doing it for him. And so there's I love yous, and then she dies. And Goodwin's there watching too, which is all kind of emotional. She's a good sport this episode. Yeah. And then so Goodwin does see Bert crying outside, but she opts. She makes the big girl decision. She opts not to console him, and instead she's going to have the kids call him. Which I totally understand and I totally go with. Same. That's a, yeah, that's a good decision on her part. Because, like, yeah, this horrible thing just happened to Bert, but she's still got to look out for herself. Yeah. Man. But, yeah, so that's the end of the Goodwin and Bert stuff. And even though I'm not a fan, I mean, Team Goodwin, always. But, um, well, Team Sharon Goodwin. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that scene, though... Like, where Lila dies. Like, that was still really emotional. Yeah. Like, it was. that was really emotional. Like, just as a scene with, like, a bunch of feelings. And they're lucky that their last words to each other were, I love you. Yeah. That was, that was good. If you recognized Bert, by the way, he was in Remember the Titans. I've only yeah. seen parts of that. <gasps> Bride. I know. That is a sports movie that you will absolutely adore because I know you like we both like sports, but you you especially that's a, like it's, it's an all time great sports movie. Ryan Gosling's in it too. He's like a baby baby. I know. I've seen parts of it, but I haven't finished it yet. No, you got to see all of it. It's like a must. Yeah, yeah. We need to make sure that Brian sees Remember the Titans, guys. Tweet her, spam her, tell her, go see it. It's so good. So good. Anyway, so <laughs> the next bit we're going to talk about is Maggie and Barry. And this is pretty quick. Um, you know, it's it's pretty it's only a couple like fleeting scenes, but Barry comes in and he tries to flirt with Maggie. And again. 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 And he basically is like, have dinner with me tonight. And Maggie's like, buzz off, go away, like, leave me alone, please. And she literally at some point is like, she's like, aren't paramedics just supposed to like drop the patients and leave? And Barry's like, well, not paramedics with an agenda. He's like shameless, dude. Um, and so he won't take no for an answer. And I know this kind of rubbed a couple people the wrong way. We got a tweet, I think, from Katrina. And she was saying, like, she was like, dude, why do these men not take no for an answer? Like, stop it. This is not a good look. And I agree. It's not a good look for him, especially just 
given what we know about Barry, I'm like, dude, shoo, go away, be gone, not having it. So at the end of the episode, Maggie and Sharon are walking out together. And Maggie turns to Sharon and is like, hey, do you think people can change? And we pan over and Barry's at like the coffee truck or whatever it is. And so Sharon's like, I don't know. I'm going to focus on my shit later. (laughs) Um, So I'm not sure about Sharon here, but I know what Gina thinks. And Gina says, no, no people. Well, okay, not people in general. Cheaters cannot change. Yeah. Once a cheater, always a cheater. I'm just, and I'm speaking from experience. Once a cheater, always a cheater. Yeah, no, I, it's interesting because I think, I don't know how I feel necessarily about cheaters, but yeah, like I might, I'm inclined to say like once a cheater, always a cheater. But at the same time, like it's funny, like not in a romantic sense, but like kind of going through similar things about like can people change like in my own life with like a good guy friend. And it's just like, you know, I'm inclined though to be like cautious and like give him a second chance. And, like, be cautious about it. But, like, I don't know. Like, I think if you're – if she – if Maggie is going to give Barry a second chance, like, she can't just, like, jump into it. And I don't think she will. But I don't know. I just – I don't know. I, I think it's a bad idea. But – and I pointed that out during the live tweet, too. I was like, she needs Stella to, like, sit her down and be like, do not kiss him. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, for sure. Do not kiss him. You Stella's will regret like, it. Example number one. Yeah. 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 I don't yeah. know. I'm just like, it's hard because, like, part of me, like, I want to see Maggie, ha- like, I want to see this, like, romantic side of Maggie explored, like, in her romance and, like, her relationships like that. But, like, why does it have to be with someone who's bur- her, who burned her once? Like, why can't it be someone new? Right, right. And we still don't know if he's an ex-husband or an ex-boyfriend. I mean, it shouldn't make much difference, but it kind of does. Right. right, like boyfriend's one thing, husband's another level. Right, right. Because you committed to that person for the rest of your life, technically, if you were husband and wife. Yeah, and like, if he's hurt her once, why is she going to go through that again? Like, he's just going to set her up for failure again. Right, and I need more details. Like, was this something that happened like a year ago? Well, not necessarily a year ago, but like pre- right right before Chicago Med started airing? Or mm-hmm. was this like 10 years ago? Because... It makes a difference, too, on, you know, if it's something more recently, then maybe she'll, I mean, she's, she's always still going to love him. I don't know. It's a whole thing. It's just, like, every little detail makes a difference, and we don't know enough yet. True. Very true. Yeah. So, that was kind of it for Maggie and Barry, but the other significant bit we've got to talk about is Connor and Ava, our favorites. Yep. Yay. Bryna, will you take us through the first part of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Rhodes sees Ava just, like, hanging out at one of the stations. And he asks her if she can cover him for tomorrow because he's going to go see Robin. And Ava's like, LOL, you're an idiot. But sure, I'll cover it for you. <laughs> and But then Stoll interrupts and CFD, because CFD needs him to respond to a trauma. And then Stoll's like, oh, yeah, by the way, take Ava with you. Um, what? And Connor literally says the same thing. She's like, well, someone else can go. And. So it's like, no, 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 like, we can't lose another trauma surgeon. Okay, I get that. But Ava's a fucking cardiothoracic surgeon. Why the hell? This has nothing. The patient is not, as far as we know, there is nothing wrong with the heart. So why the fuck are you taking a cardiothoracic surgeon with you to respond to a trauma that has nothing to do with the heart? 
Are you telling me there are only two trauma surgeons in all of all of Chicago Med? That's what Stoll said. I mean, maybe I guess on or not that looks like around, but like still, they're going through cutbacks, Sheena. I believe it though. That is literally the most unsafe hospital ever. <laughs> yeah. Um. But anyway, so it doesn't matter. Rhodes and Ava, they're going in the field. A building collapsed, and there's a squatter trapped inside. And look, it's everyone that we love. It's Severide. It's Cruz. It's Herman. It's Christmas. Slash Hanukkah. It's Christmas! <laughs> slash Hanukkah. Or Hanukkah, yes. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And I think, okay, so Ashley and I were talking about in the last episode, in episode 33, we were so confused about this crossover, and I guess this is what we're talking about, right? Did you ever watch that clip about the no. fire med crossover? Oh, that can't be it. You think? I don't know. I'm still so confused. I don't count these little one-off scenes as crossovers. I don't count that. A crossover to me is, is like... technically like Connor and Ava's whole storyline. Yeah. No, but I don't, I don't count that as a crossover. Like, if somebody pops up for a scene, so like, if like, Cruz pops up in a scene of Med, I'm like, that's not a crossover. That's just... No, but like, this was technically like, them working... I don't know. I don't know. I'm still confused. But my guess was that this was it, but I don't know. Anyway. So, like I said before, it literally has nothing to do with the heart because the guy has rebarb through his leg. So, Connor suggests a procedure. Oh, never mind. It does. It involves him threading a needle into the guy's heart. But, it like, the initial trauma has nothing to do with the heart. But anyway, Connor suggests some, tip, like, complicated procedure. Um, you know, just typical Connor Rhodes things. But my favorite part probably of this entire storyline literally has nothing to do with the story itself. It has to do with the tweet from Patty Murin, who is Colin O'Donnell's wife, and she played Nina um, in season two. And she goes... If you don't follow her on Twitter, you need to. She is fantastic. She's the best. Her Bachelor tweets make my life. Um, And so did this one. So she says, so Colin O'Donnell died on CW Arrow, or... Arrow because of rebar in his heart and now he's trying to save someone with rebar in his heart I feel like this is the full circle moment and I just gotta say too fucking soon Patty too fucking soon <laughs> because I'm still not over Colin Donald's character's death on Arrow even though it's been pretty much the entire series <laughs> um, but that's a good connection though because I would not have I've, thought about it and I have seen season one of Arrow so I do I can actually empathize with this because yes. um yeah, it's a it's a brutal death. It's really sad. And isn't doesn't Oliver like cry and be like, it should have been me? Doesn't he say something like that? Yeah, it's heartbreaking. Well, and then like, they like, I mean, if you're not, are you ever planning going back and watching Arrow? Like, I ever? feel like I should, but you go ahead, keep talking. Um, in the most recent crossover, like the big four way crossover, there's like basically. Oh, he came back. I knew that. Yeah, and but that version dies too, and it's like brutal it's like really brutal and i'm still that's so mean it's bad it's brutal oh that's messed up but yeah i have seen that and so a lot of people were tweeting patty and were like dude too soon not okay this isn't cool and i think patty tweeted back at some point and she was like dude it's been five years right but it's still too soon patty too soon like that's there are character deaths like i'm never getting over and that is one of them Tommy yeah. Merlin is one I'm not getting over. What are some other ones? Oh, God. 
what are some other ones? I don't know. I feel like the one that I'm thinking, the first one that comes to my head is Finn, but that's like technically because of all the off air stuff. Yeah. Glee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh God. I feel like if you hadn't asked me, oh, Marissa on the OC. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. I have an off-color one. You've never seen Revenge, so you wouldn't know. But Declan on Revenge, that is one that, like, bugs me to this day. And he was minor, too. So, like, it shouldn't, but it bugs me. Yeah. There's some other ones I feel like if I thought about it for a second, I could come up with. Fictional deaths I'll never get over. Oh, my God. Denny Duquette on Grey's Anatomy. Oh, yep. There's one. All the Grey's Anatomy ones. Lexi, Mark, um, McDreamy. Uh, George. Henry. <laughs> Henry killed me <laughs> to my core. <laughs> yeah, literally all the Grey's Anatomy ones. Anybody who's ever died on Grey's ever. Accurate. Jimmy on One Tree Hill. Ooh, yeah, that was bad. Fictional deaths I'll never get over. Hold on, I'm still thinking. Oh, what? Why am I? Crap. Yeah, I'm, I'm drawing a blank now, too. I asked oh, the question, and now oh, I'm like, Oh, fuck. Uh, night shift. Fuck. Why can't I not think of night? Topher! Topher. Oh, Although yes, we didn't Topher see that happen, but, like, and it was because of him. But, yeah, the fact that Topher yeah. died, like, that was bad. Ooh, Simon on Quantico. That's another one. <laughs> you never watched Quantico. Season one was really good. Really good. Oh, man. We'll come yeah, back we with more eventually, back. but we'll yeah. Co- yeah, we'll come back with more. But Tommy Merlin was, like, the one who started this all. <laughs> it was so sad. So the balloon, this complicated procedure, basically, that Connor does, doesn't work. So turns out they do have to amputate his leg. Gary, the squatter, doesn't take it very well. So Ava, of all people, talks to him. Apparently she's, she's got, got a, a compassion. Yeah, side? apparently. She feels um, human emotion? Who knew? Um, so Connor cuts away at the leg and, you know. Just, dude. Connor, like, cuts away. You hear the saw and everything. But, like, dude, enough with the power tools this week, okay? Yeah. Like, and we'll talk about this in our PD episode. But enough with the power tools. For like, real. we're getting to a point where I'm going to see, like, a screwdriver on one of these shows and flip shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Enough. And so they take him back to med. And Stoll, when they come in, Stoll's like, what the fuck? did you do not really what the fuck but like what the fuck did you do and ava again of all people explains that it was the right call and um someone says like not stop dr rhodes and it's like wait what you can play nice huh yeah they were yeah playing nice in the sandbox and then they were like joking around afterwards like ava mentioned something about like some south african action hero or something and connor was like what it's weird anyway Um, So Connor talks to the patient who just in the end is just thankful to be alive and thanks him for saving his life. Um, And yeah. And so who says I'll find a way to move on? The patient. patient. That's what I thought. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm all over the place because it technically could have been Connor, but whatever. Anyway. So Connor basically, again, you know, patients influencing the doctors. Connor instead then opts to go against going to Minneapolis and instead to let Robin go. Um, so he turns out he's okay with being ghosted. Is he though? Like he got, he got zero closure, zero explanation. Well, we don't know what was in the note, but like he's okay with that. Yeah. Because then Connor goes and buys a Porsche. Dude. Yeah. 
What were your thoughts here? I have thoughts. I don't know. On the one hand, he's got the money. He just needs to, like, blow off some steam. So, like, okay. But at the same time, like, this is not the way to cope. Dude, okay, I went through a breakup my first year of grad school, and I bought myself a pair of shoes. Like, right. is this the male rich conversion of, like, I just got broken up with or mm-hmm. something? Like, it I told my car last week, so I went and got a bath bomb at Lush this week. Like, that's, you know, that's my version. But, like, is this the... Is this their version of, like, I didn't total my car. Somebody else did, but that's beside the point. <laughs> but <laughs> details. But, I mean, Connor's not one to flaunt his money, and that's why I was like, this is a little odd. Like, I'm all about treat yourself, but. I don't know. Maybe this is Connor. What version of Connor is this? 3.0 now? 3.0? After breakups? What, what are, post-breakup. Yeah, well. 3.0? The There's, like, normal Connor, but what's the other version? No, I'm just saying, like, there was one breakup, so then Connor's what? This is Connor's second breakup, right? Yeah. So three mm. version 3.0. This is the new and improved Connor. Yeah, so maybe he is an asshole who likes to flaunt his money and be a rich kid snob. That's not his nature, though. Like, he, he hates his father. No, I know, but, like, I don't know. Maybe he just feels like... All his, I don't know, maybe he just feels like he's been burned too many times, so, like, now he's not going to give a fuck. Dude, I'm all about treat yourself, so, like, I'm not judging. I'm just, like, wow, that's a lot of money to spend on a new car. Yeah, I agree. And he literally doesn't even, like, do anything with it. He's, like, the guy's, like, yeah, um, I don't even know. Oh, he says, like, yeah, we, you know, like, unfortunately, like, we're getting closed. Like, we can't test drive it right now. And then the guy, and Connor's like, no, he's like, I don't want to test drive it. He's like, I want to drive it out of here. And she's like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That just, okay. I mean, granted, when you're broken up with or when you're upset or something, sometimes you just need to, like, do something to, like, we're looking too much into this. Yeah, I know. The male brain doesn't tick the way that the female brain does. So guys are just like, give me that. And women are like, I don't know. What about, like, the ramifications of this or that? Yeah. Hence why we do this podcast, because we sit here and theorize things, and guys, if they were talking about the show, would not. They would not, no. You do you, Connor. Go on with your bad self. I take everything bad back that I said. <laughs> Whatever. But yeah, so that's the end of the Connor stuff. Where do you think they're going with this Connor and Ava business? I know we've talked about this before, but like, they're starting to get along now, and I'm just worried that they're going to take it in the direction of a ship. Dear God, I hope not. Like, I'm okay if she's being nice. Because, like, I don't want to hate her. But I don't need to have her be in a relationship. And, like, I mean, I feel like we've talked about this with them before. But I just proved to us once that a male and a female on these shows can, like, coexist without being romantic. Right. Exactly. And, like, does Connor really need to be in a relationship with everyone he works with at one point? No. He's like unintentional severide. Yes. <laughs> Accidental severide. Like when is someone like, gonna, and this is what I hope for severide again, not on the show, so it doesn't matter. But like, what is someone gonna meet someone outside of the show and have it work? Well, I guess Bowden. Again, not on this show, but like. <laughs> when are they gonna meet somebody not from the show who's gonna come into the show and not die? 
<laughs> yes, exactly. But again, not the show. <laughs> well, Bowden. But that does again, does it count? <laughs> not the show. That's, not yeah, the so show specifically. It is, but you know. You know. Whatever. So yeah, treat yourself, Connor. You do you. Get over that breakup. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Um <laughs> Anyway, so the last bit we're going to talk about is Dr. Charles and Reese because we did they there were some really good moments between them. So we start off and Goodwin checks in with Dr. Charles and she's just like, you know, give me a detailed progress report of how she's doing. I'm concerned with her suspension. You know, I just want to keep track of everything. And so Dr. Charles is like, well, Sarah's no longer on my service. And wait, what? So, yeah, what? Huh? And so Dr. Charles basically just explains that he's like, well, under my supervision, Dr. Reese assaulted a patient with pepper spray. My clinical approach might have had something to do with it. Your clinical approach or your lack thereof. Yeah, I'm going to go with the lack thereof, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, I'm going to throw shade at Dr. Charles. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just needed him to step in, like, once and be like, you're headed down a dark road. Like, let's change that. Right. Because he noticed it, he just didn't do anything about it. Just, yeah. So, Sarah meets up with this Dr. Chapman, so I guess her suspension is up? So we've skipped two weeks technically in the head. Or, ahead. Okay. Because wasn't that how long her suspension was? Two weeks? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She only got two weeks for attacking a patient. But it's med, so do we expect anything else? It is med. Maybe there was like a time warp or something because we can't figure out the timeline with Nat and Manning. So like, or Nat and Manning, Nat and Will. (laughs) I did it again. They are the same person. They are the same person. So Dr. Chapman is very hands off and she's just not Dr. Charles. And she's like, you'll observe this. You'll observe that. You won't be in the room. You'll just sit there. She comes up with treatment algorithms, which basically kind of boils it down to, like, a formula of how every patient ticks, which even I know is, like, not the way medicine works. No, not not exactly. Maybe I should be asking to see her credentials instead. Yeah, and so she's like, yeah, we have treatment algorithms. And basically it all just boils down to if the patient's responding to their meds. Just has disaster written all over it. No. Just no. And so Sarah goes to see Dr. Charles and, you know, she wants to come back to his service, but Dr. Charles is not having it. And like, these two are finally having the conversation in this episode that I needed them to have like 10 episodes episodes ago. ago. Yeah. 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 And so she's like, listen, I'm not an idiot. Okay. I know that you feel like my anxiety is your fault and my PTSD stems from you getting shot. But like, these are my issues. They're not yours. Like, where was this conversation, like, weeks ago when she went to buy the gun slash pepper spray? Even before that. Yeah, yeah. And so Sarah's like, listen, like, you're the psychiatrist I want to be. And she goes, I almost lost you once. I don't want to lose you again. Oh, my God. So sweet. I know. My heart. So sweet. And so I just, I realized in this moment, I was like, well, they don't have a, a name, you know. It's not a ship name, but, like, they don't have a hybrid name. Pro-TP. Like, They're a pro-TP. TP. Can we call them cheese? Yes. Cheese. Cheese. Just cheese. Cheese. <laughs> okay, I'm cool with that. Cheese. <laughs> Manstead, sex toy, and cheese. Man snuggles. Man snuggles. Yes. <laughs> so good. So we find out later on Dr. Charles feels responsible. Of course he does. And he should. 
Because it's his fault. There I go throwing shade again. But he does end up saying, he's like, listen, like, you're welcome back on my service when you return. So she is on suspension or she's not on suspension. Who knows? It's a mystery. We'll find out next week. We will find out next week. So, but that's about all we've got for this episode of Chicago Med. Again, it was very eventful. It was really good, though. I really liked it. Yeah, it was good. I'm excited to see. Okay, the promo shows. We Ashley and I were having a debate about the whole Corbin Blue thing being on Med this next week. Corbin yeah. Blue's on Med. We were having a little debate about it um, just because, like, it was on Twitter. We didn't see it in an episode description, but we were like, he was important enough to be listed as a guest star, so why wasn't he? Blah, blah, the whole thing. But he's in the promo, so and he's going to be a patient, so super excited. I think he's going to be a patient of Dr. Manning's. Even better. Yeah, because if he were a patient of Will's, he'd probably die. <laughs> yeah, but... JK! But not really. <laughs> but not really. Um, but yeah, because I love Corbin Blue, so... Yeah, yes. super excited. Yeah, so that'll be, that'll be a good episode, yeah. So, but yeah, that's about all we've got for tonight's episode of Chicago Med. Um, as always, follow us on social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. Meet us at Molly's everywhere. Um... DM us, please email us, meet us at mollies at gmail.com. Please email us, guys. We love to talk to you and hear from you. Yeah. We got a pretty great email that we will talk about in our episode of PD that made us laugh so hard. Oh, my God. Holy shit. We were dying all day. We we were dying, yeah. We did get some good messages about this episode of Med, actually, now that I think about it. Um, again, it's been a really hectic week for us, guys. We're sorry. <laughs> But I'm trying to see if there's anything, like, that we can kind of throw in here. Let's see. Oh, yeah, yeah. So talking about the uh, Connor buying a Porsche thing. Okay, so we got a message from Perry. And Perry basically says here, she's like, Connor buying a Porsche seemed more like a midlife crisis than a change after a breakup. True. Yeah, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. That's, yeah, that's about right. Um. Yeah, and so, yeah, that's about all I, I'm sorry, I'm just, like, scrolling through here, yeah. Um, Perry and I became buddies because she, too, speaks gymnastics like I do. So, yeah, she started following us, and then I was like, let's talk gymnastics! So, see, this is why you should connect with us on social media, because... We can talk other... other Oh, my God, yes, no, it's been great, because... Jessica was responding to all my tweets yesterday about the possible sister-sister reboot, and I, like, needed someone to talk to about, so it was great. Yeah, so you guys, like, make some friends. Like, talk to us. Yeah, we have other interests other than this. (laughs) Contrary to popular belief. (laughs) You will learn more about them in a couple weeks, but yes. Very true. Yeah, we're still planning our Olympic coverage after, uh... During hiatus. after hiatus so but yeah so again that's our episode follow us everywhere on social media please follow us individually on twitter i am at gina watches tv brina i am at brina k13 and ashley is at ashnick095 and it's nick with no k it's n-i-c so yeah give us a follow social media hit us up um don't forget the oce deadline the deadline for the chicago heroes event January 31st is the deadline to get in your final payments for the Lottie's party and what else? The group photo. The group photo. The group photo. Yes. January 31st is your deadline for that. February 12th is the purchase deadline. So, you know, you know you want to take a picture with, like, you know, 
Linstead. We were Manstead. literally yeah. right before recording this. We were just debating about this. We were literally just having a conversation about this. So you guys should get on it too. Yeah, get on it. We would love to see you in Chicago. We will be there causing all sorts of trouble, having all sorts of fun. <laughs> yes. Get lit in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, meet us in Chicago. Um, <laughs> yes. So funny. But, yeah, so, yeah, hit us up there. If you have any questions or you want more information about the con, it's oceproductions.com. And, yeah, that's all we've got. So if you watch PD, if you watch all of the shows together and you watch PD, flip over to our episode about last night's PD or Wednesday night's PD. Um, otherwise, we will see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.